Father, this morning, we thank you for this time that we've had in worship. And God, just to declare that you do reign above it all. God, over every fear, over every doubt, you reign above it all. And Father, this morning, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for being here with us. Father, we pray that as we hear your words spoken, God, that you'd speak to our hearts. God, that you would change us, that you'd make us more like you. Father, just do what you need to do in us. We love you and we give this time to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've just got two more weeks with Sarah and Philip. If you weren't here last week, you missed their announcement. The Lord's moving them to Second Beginnings Baptist Church in uh, Gilmer, Texas, over in East Texas. We are going to miss them. I told him this morning that if his house doesn't sell this week, it's the Lord's will for them to stay. <laughs> so, now we're going to, we want to send them off well, and so we will begin today, this week, uh, taking up the love offering. Now, you know we're not passing the plate because of the buyer situation. I don't know if that's changed or not. Maybe we can check into that and start passing the plate. I don't know if the virus is in the money or what, what, what not, but uh, we're, you can give in the black boxes at the back, or you can write an old-fashioned envelope with a stamp to 128 M, uh, Alito, Texas, 76008. Put your check in there. Tell us what it's for. We'll get the right place. You can go online and give. You can go to crossingalito.com, and it says in there how to give, and you just go to that place where it tells you and follow the instructions and you can do it. You can get online at your bank and if you do bank checks, da da da, da you can do a bank check. But let's, uh, we need to put together uh, a love offering that shows that we love for all they've done for us the last seven years and the faithfulness that Philip and Sarah have uh, shown to our Lord and to us as, as God's people. And uh, I personally am gonna really miss Philip I want to miss Sarah too, but I, I see more Philip and Sarah, and we just hope that the Lord takes care of them. We're going to miss them kids too. You know, the kids become part of your family, and uh, I've enjoyed watching those little rugrats grow a little bit and, and, uh, and start being who they are, and uh, they're live wires. So uh, let's do a good, uh, good love offering. Okay, Matthew 24, we've been going through it. And uh, we saw last week that one of the signs of the coming of Christ is there's going to be lots of deception that is going to take place. There's going to be false prophets. And I shared with you the seven most well-known people that are active today in the world proclaiming to be Christ, proclaiming to be the Messiah. And uh, Jesus is answering the disciples' question, what will be the sign of your coming? and what it's going to be like at the end of the age. And so he begins to share. So we pick it up today in verse 6. And so after he talks about the deception and the false Christ that are going to be in the world, he then says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See to it, see that you are not alarmed. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? 
People talk about the imminent return of Christ. That means that everything has been done and that Jesus can return. Now, I believe that we ought to believe in the imminent return of Christ. I believe that it is not in our best interest for us to think that we are uh, so knowledgeable that we know exactly what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. I think that gets yourself in a, in a bad spot in understanding the coming of Christ. But one thing is for sure, uh, as we're going to go through Matthew 24, I don't think anyone can really tell to what degree, to what stage, we are in the uh, signs of the times towards the end of things as we know it, or the coming of Christ. And so in verse 6, he says, all these things are but the beginning of birth pangs. And so I understand Jesus is telling us that deception, the temple being gone, first of all, is our first one, then deception, and then wars and rumors of wars, and then um, he talks about don't be alarmed by this because these things must take place, but this is not the end. And then he says, uh, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes, and I believe that we can add pestilences to that verse because uh, pestilences was in most of the oldest manuscripts, but when the scholars come together and put together translations, uh, for the NIV, the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, they chose to leave out pestilences, but I, I reckon it should be in there. I think it's a mistake to leave it out. And But just for our practical information, I reckon we ought to talk about pestilences because it is something that we have dealt with in this world and we are dealing with, and I, I don't think there's any question that we are going to deal with that. But it says that all these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. Now, ladies, you know better than we do about birth pains. But ladies, we do understand. I understand to, to a small degree, nothing compared to you, okay? Don't want to even come close to say that I understand birth pains because I don't understand birth pains. You are right. I would fall to pieces. And, and men can't, men are not tough enough to give babies birth. I will agree with you. And so we have now solved that issue. The preacher's not saying that, that men are tougher than women. Men are not tougher than women. We are way behind the eight ball with that. But we understand that birth pains, uh, grow in intensity the closer to the coming of the baby. Is that right? Yes. And, and it grows in the time of it, and it grows in the, in the intensity of the pain. The number of birth contractions makes it worse, and then, of course, the pain makes it worse, right? And, and we have a, a, a baby doctor in here, and I just looked over there, and he's looking at me real scowl-like, but, but, but I'm just giving the third-grade understanding of this, because that's what I've got. I've got a third-grade under, understanding of this. Okay. So, Jesus said that the warning signs before the birth pains, the early birth pains, are wars and war rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, and, of course, earthquakes. He says those four things. Now, just looking back in recent history, just a hundred years for wars and rumors of wars, there's so many of them, just with a casual look in history, we've had World War I, when you had 
you know, France and it, uh, England and, and uh, Germany and America involved. You had World War II. World War II, we know about that. You got Germany, Italy, and Japan against all the nations of the Axis. Russia's involved in that. We're involved in that. England, Britain, and all the countries there participated. It was horrible. World War I was one of the most deadliest wars has ever been. It was a horrible time. World War II uh, on both fronts. It was just horrific times. We had Vietnam. We've had Korea. We've had Iraq. There's been Iraq and Iran, Iraq and United States, Iraq and the coalition. Uh, we've had Afghanistan, Afghanistan with Russia, and then later on Afghanistan with the United States and the, the war against terrorism. Uh, Russia has had some conflicts with their different states and different areas. Uh, the Japanese and Chinese war that happened in the 1930s, y'all, was, was horrific. That it was terrible what took place between the Japanese and the Chinese uh, in the 30s. Uh, Ghana has had some conflict. The Sudan has had horrible bloodshed. The Congo has had bloodshed. Uh, the Tutsi-Hutu war was horrible. Mozambique has had conflict. Israel. Israel has fought Jordan. Israel has fought Syria. It, it, Israel has fought Egypt in modern day times. Uh, Israel has fought Hezbollah. Uh, there's been some Lebanese participation and, and the, the PLO situation. There's conflict after conflict after conflict. Uh, the Falklands, Britain and Argentina, uh, was a, was a, uh, a recent battle that took place. There's the civil war in Liberia. There's the genocide and the, and, and the conflict in Kosovo and Bosnia. You had the situation in Cuba when, when communism and socialism came into be. You've had the conflict in Nicaragua. You've had the conflict in Venezuela. You, you've had the conflict in India. There's been lots of skirmishes through the years in the Indian-Pakistan war. And you've had the skirmishes with Kashmir and, and just uh, un, not agreeing on whose, whose land is where and, and rights. There's just been skirmishes and there's, there's always tension between India and Pakistan. Of course, Cambodia, that we all know pretty well about the genocide and all that took place. And, and in recent times, we don't hear a lot about it, but Miramar, Burma, horrible horrible, horrible situation that people have found themselves in. There are so many others that we just can't list them all. But there has definitely been wars and there are rumors of wars. It has taken place. There has been uh, famines during our days. In 2011 in Somalia, 260,000 people died of starvation. 260,000. Between 1995 and 1999, and, and these numbers are approximate because nobody knows for sure because they were not uh, sharing information, as you will know. In North Korea, it is, it is estimated that 3 million North Koreans died from starvation. In 1984 to 1989, in Ethiopia, 1 million people died from the famine that was there. In the 1970s, in Cambodia, of course, we understand from 75 to 79, Khmer Rouge and the political takeover that took place there. But even before that, there was a famine in Cambodia. 
and, and separate from the numbers that we receive from the genocide that took place with, with Pol Pot you know, executing so many uh, uh, that people that he believed were enemies, educated people, it's, it's estimated that two million Cambodians died from famine during the 70s in Cambodia. In the 50s, during the famine and during all the, the one of the things that motivated the, the, the Boxer Rebellion for the 49 time and all that took place, that because of, of mismanaging crops, mismanaging farmers, mismanaging everything, it, people believe that in China in the 50s, 20 million people died in China. In the 1930s, before World War II, Stalin uh, was making Russia, the Soviet Union, a great power, and in doing so, he starved. He did not take care of the Ukrainian wheat belt and the people that lived there, and eight million people died because of Stalin's uh, poor leadership and the fact that he did not care about people. He only cared about making uh, the Soviet Union what he dreamed it should be. And it's, it's one of the most devastating things that's happened in the world's history. Famine did not happen in Russia because of anything other than the, poli the policies of the politicians. And so Jesus lays it out there. He says, you're going to have wars and rumors of wars, but you're going to have famines. And, and I think there's been enough wars and rumors of wars to take Jesus seriously. I think there's been enough famines that we understand and we know about that we can take Jesus seriously. Pestilences, diseases. 1770, the bubonic plague in France killed 100,000 people. 1819 to 1824, cholera in India killed 500,000 people. Between 1917 and 1920, and we've heard a lot about this on, from our politicians today, the Spanish flu killed between 500 and 100 million people. That is staggering when you think about that. In the 1910 and 1911 period of time, in cholera killed 800,000 people in Europe. In 1889 to 1890, the flu in the world killed one million people. In the 1300s, the bubonic plague, and the bubonic plague was called by fleas on rats that, that in, it impacted people, and that they believed that half of Europe's population died during the 1300s in the bubonic plague. From 2005 to 2012, it has been reported that because of HIV in Africa and other parts of the world during that period of time, 36 million people died of that pestilence, of that disease, of AIDS. And you can add to that polio, TB, smallpox, the measles, yellow fever, Ebola. You remember the Ebola uh, epidemic, or maybe not epidemic, but uh, flare-up that people struggled with uh, in our country, even even in Dallas, because of the doctor that got it and the patient that, that contracted Ebola. Uh, flus of all kinds 
We've had the bird flus, the swine flus, the pig flus. I'm sure there's jackrabbit flus. There's all kinds of flus that come on. Uh, I mean, just think about the West Nile virus that's being talked about again now, again, that, that there's some people coming down with West Nile virus. And of course, we've been struggling with this COVID-19. Birth pains. Birth pains. Earthquakes. Big ones in Alaska, the Pacific Rim. Japan had a big one just not too long ago. Indonesia had a big one not too long ago. Chile had a huge one not too long ago. There's been some in Russia, especially on the Pacific uh, side of Russia. We've had California earthquakes. We had the earthquake in, in Haiti. We've had the earthquake in Tibet. And, and all across the world, you've had all these earthquakes. So, wars and rumors of wars. You've got famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. And so when you begin to see that these things are becoming more and more frequent and they grow in intensity, then you need to draw your attention to the words of Jesus and it gives, first of all, it gives us some faith and some trust and some evidence that Jesus' words need to be heeded, need to be counted on because what He said was going to take place is taking place, and we really need to give uh, that word uh, some attention. Now, Jesus said, when all these things are taking place, and I think he's taking all these things and putting them together, he says, don't be alarmed. I wonder, as he was saying, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and he read the faces of the disciples, and he saw the shock, he saw the concern, he saw the worry on their faces, that he didn't go right away and says, no, 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 don't, don't get carried away here. Don't be alarmed. Don't get caught off guard. Don't get into a place of confusion. Don't get too worried because if you're worried about these things that I'm introducing to you, these things that are going to be the very beginning of birth pains, you're not going to do well when I begin to share with you what this world is like when the age is about to end. Because... It's going to get worse. And that's what Jesus teaches us in this Scripture. So you say, it's going to get worse than deception? Yes. It's going to get worse than wars and rumors and wars? Yes. What's worse than wars? Hold on, He's going to tell us. You mean to tell me it's going to get worse than famines? Yes. You mean to tell me that it's going to get worse than pestilences? Yes. Now, we've just been through the COVID-19, or we're going through it. We're in some process of moving towards the end of it. If, if COVID-19 shut and paralyzed people's lives down, and if they truly were overwhelmed with fear, and, and they have isolated themselves, and they're not willing to go outside with a mask, so they're not willing to, to go to work with a mask on, if that's the case, they're not willing to be involved in society, and that caused them to lock down, and they were paralyzed by fear, there's got to be some work done in their lives. Because if COVID-19 can cause us to stop living our life, when those things take place towards the end of time that are far worse 
the body of Christ is going to really suffer. And people are really going to suffer. Now that's a complicated issue. That's a hot potato. What I just said there is a really hot potato. And right now I'm sure you're thinking, you know, Lee, he, he, you know he doesn't understand science. Well, yeah, well, you're right. I don't understand science. But, but I'm not... You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to disrespect the science. We've done all these precautions and all these things. Now, the truth is, and you probably know this, that if it was, if it was just me, and if everybody thought like me, we wouldn't be sitting like this. And, you, and I, w- I don't care if you wear masks or not. Okay? That's just me. Now, I wear masks when I go out in public because I want to be able to go in the store and buy what I want. I wear a mask when I come into church and do those things because I want to be able to preach. And I want to be able to address those things, right? But, but I, I don't have a fear about it. I mean, I'm just, I just don't. I respect those that do. Okay? So please hear that. However, please hear this. If you're watching this on TV or you're taking notes or whatever you're doing here at home and listen to this, man, if COVID-19, if it knocked your life out, you need to grow in belief and trust in the Lord because there's coming events that are absolutely going to destroy you. And if this has led you to be depressed and led you to be full of anxiety and led you to not be able to live life, you need to get ready because other things are coming. You see, in Matthew 24, Jesus said, Things are going to get increasingly worse before Jesus returns. Now, that, that's good for a crowd, isn't it? That's good for making the budget every year. That's good for the offering. That's good for having guests come back and listen to the crazy preacher talk about these things. But if look, how, how in the world can we as a people study the red words of Jesus and overlook this or explain away what Jesus is saying here? Things are going to get worse. And if deception and these things, the wars and the pestilence and the earthquakes and the famines, don't Jesus Himself says... Don't be alarmed by these things. It's just the beginning. This is not the end. And Jesus not only says, don't be alarmed by these things. What do you mean, don't be alarmed by these things? Look at the wars we've dealt with. Don't be alarmed by these things. These things must take place, Jesus says. They must take place. They have to take place. They have to take place because... What's going to take place is when Jesus returns, the world is going to be in such turmoil and such conflict that when He comes, He is going to reckon everything. He is going to handle everything. And it is going to be an awesome demonstration, display of God's power. But he said it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. Now, since it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse, our assignment is to get ready. Our assignment is to grow in faith. Our assignment is to grow in a powerful prayer life. Our assignment 
is to grow in the body of Christ. We must fellowship better than we ever have. We must join together. We must not miss Sundays because we need those Sundays. We need every Sunday. We need every Bible study. We need every discipleship group. That deal that Ken put up there, those four steps, we desperately need every single one of those to get ready for the battle, to get in spiritual shape so that we can encounter all these things that are going to take place and remain faithful and remain strong and be a witness for Jesus before He returns. Know God. Be connected with God so He will see you can grow. Be in one of those discipleship groups so you can get stronger and stronger and stronger. Put it in this situation. Learn how to handle beatings. Learn how to handle loneliness. Learn how to handle problems. Learn how to live without any money. Learn how to live when everyone in the world is against you. Learn how to live wherever you go in the public. We're beginning to see signs of this. If you disagree with people, and Jesus is going to tell us in the next passage that people are going to hate you because of me. We saw that. We're seeing that how that hatred can bombard people. The politicians leave the White House and they're bombarded by other people. They're harassed. It was If, if it wouldn't have been for policemen in that place, someone might have got hurt. And, and that kind of thing that's taking place, most likely, most likely is going to turn towards Christians. It's going to turn towards Christians. There's coming a day, it already happens in some places of the world, that if you wear a cross, they are going to beat you. If you're seen praying before a meal, people are going to leave their table and they're going to come over to your table and they're going to stand there and yell and scream at you that you need to denounce your faith. And so that same thing they're doing from a political thing, from, from the Black Lives Matter situation or Antifa or whatever that is, that movement that you saw there on TV, it's going to be on Christians. And we have to get ready for that. We have to get ready that we may be the only one at work that believes in Christ. Because Jesus says that many have fallen away and, and many have cowered down. And we've got to get ready. We've got to grow in faith. We've got to grow in trust. These are the beginning of birth pains. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready. Turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. In closing, let me share this scripture and, and I want you to fall in love with Jesus. I want you to rededicate your walk with Christ. I want you to renew your faith in this Jesus. Beginning in verse 1. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. And so these are words, the book of Revelation are words for people of tribulation. People who are alive in the end of time. It is written to give hope. It is written to those who are of faith so they will understand where the power is and how they can survive and how they can be faithful into the end. He says that he was on the island called Patmos. That's in the, in the uh, uh, Mediterranean Sea. 
And he was, he was exiled on the island of Patmos on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So it's his prison. It's his sentence. He's on the Isle of Patmos. And he says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He was in the Spirit. He was worshiping. He was celebrating. He was praising the Lord. He was thinking about Jesus. He was not thinking about himself. He was not thinking about the exile. He was not thinking about how mistreated he had been that he was sent to this island. He was in the Spirit. And he said, He heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. Fear not. These are the words from tribulation. This is the Jesus that we need to understand for difficult days for hard times, for days of tribulation, for days of great trial, for days that are more difficult than anything we've ever faced. Things getting worse. So for things getting worse, for wars and rumors of wars beyond our ability to handle ourselves, famine that's difficult for us to understand, deception that just blows us away, and, and, and persecution and hatred that we can't deal with, we can't understand. This is our Jesus for those days. Fear not, He says. Fear not. Now, that's a difficult thing, isn't it? That is similar to, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed by what I'm telling you. Don't be alarmed at what's taking place. Fear not, I am with you. That's what He's saying. He says, I am the first and the last. I am the first and last. That just simply means that you've got to understand who you're dealing with here. I am Jesus. I am the first and last. I was in the beginning. I was at creation. I've always been. I was alive. I am the first and I am the last. I have always been and I will always be. There's never a time that I will not be here. There's never a time that I will not be in power. There's never a time that I do not have enough to take care of you, John. I'm the first and the last. Don't be afraid. I am enough. That's what Jesus is saying. Imagine that wool, white hair. Imagine those red, fiery eyes coming down. Imagine those strong feet, the burnished bronze feet, and, and just this sun shining from His glow, His face, just radiant energy. Fear not. 
Don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. Understand who I am. I'm Jesus. I am the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. He told John, I'm always going to be alive. I'm, I'm the one of all power. I'm the one that's always been. I'm the one that's always going to be. And all power is in my hands. There's no greater power than me. And I am alive. And I'm here for you. And he says, and I have. I have the keys of death and Hades. I have the keys of death and hell. That's what, that's what Jesus says to John, who's about to have his mind blown when Jesus speaks to him and shows him what must take place. You remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, these things must take place. John is about to be blown away with the book of Revelation, with the revelation of what all must take place before Jesus returns. And in the presence of Jesus, and, and as He returns, and how the dragon is slain, and how Armageddon takes place, and how uh, there's plagues, and there's trials, and life is beyond anything anyone in this world has ever experienced. You mean worse than the bubonic plague in Europe in the 1300s? Yes. Do you mean worse than the war between China and Japan? Japan? Yes. Do you mean worse than the Twin Towers falling down? Yes. Worse than all those things. I'm talking about worse than being in those towers. Worldwide eruption. Worldwide problems are going to take place. But Jesus stands here and He says, Rejoice! Don't lose heart! Don't be misled. Don't have fear. Don't lose your perspective on this. Because in my hands are the keys to death and hell. Now what are we afraid of? Death. Isn't that what we're afraid of? We're afraid of death. That's what the virus thing has done to people. They're afraid of death. You know, it's an amazing thing. You sit down with people and you go, of all the people that get this virus, of all those people that test positive, only 0.001% of them die. And the ones that die are people who are compromised. And every day there's a story somewhere that shows that there are some anomalies in there somehow or another. But that one chance in a million that someone might die People have just lost their place. They've lost their hope. They've lost their Jesus. They've lost their faith. They've lost their anchor in this world. And besides that, for a believer... Now, I'm not talking to a non-believer. If, if you're a non-believer watching this, you need to be afraid of dying. It makes me the greatest fear of the world. You need to think about it. My gosh, it's horrible. But as a believer... Death is one of the best things that can ever happen to us. What a deception Satan has thrown out to us. In Christ we die eternal life, heaven. 
I believe that one of the first things that comes to our mind when we step through those golden gates, or whatever those gates are going to be, is you walk in and you're going, what in the world was I fighting? Why was I so afraid to die? Why was I so afraid? Why did I, why did I, why was I gripped with so much fear being afraid that I might die? You see, Christian people, listen to me. This is what's going to happen as we serve Christ in these end days. We've got to stop being afraid to die. Can you imagine from God's perspective what God thinks about it when His people that Jesus came and died and lived again and is living forevermore when God's people are afraid to die and they're paralyzed by it? They make poor decisions because of it. It makes them isolate. It makes them, uh, you know, just put barriers up between them and people. It causes them not to share the gospel. It causes them not to go to hard places. It causes them not to go to the street, not to go across the war, uh, the world, the sea, not to go places in places where they don't understand what's going on and there's difficulties because we're afraid to die. But we come on Sundays and we celebrate the one who's alive and alive forevermore. He was dead, but now he's alive. And he said in him, he holds the keys of death and we're afraid to die. There's something wrong, isn't there? There's something wrong with that. And he holds the key to hell. Man, I'm scared to death of hell. I'm telling you, I'm scared to death of hell. I, I'm scared for my loved ones that are going to go to hell. I'm scared for you who without Christ are going to go to hell. It ought to motivate us. It ought to pump us. It ought to inspire us. It ought to cause us to go forward regardless. I mean, isn't someone not going to hell worth our dying? It, I mean, if we get to die because we're sharing the good news with someone and that keeps someone from going to hell, isn't that a good thing? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we got to look at our perspective, don't we? We got to look at our perspective. Are you ready? Are you ready for these times Jesus is talking about? Is your faith in this powerful, big, strong Jesus? How big is your God? How strong is your the the concept you have of Jesus. How strong? How strong is He? Maybe the Holy Spirit's at work today. Maybe He's speaking to you. Just want to give it an opportunity. The altar is going to be open. Philip, come and lead us. The, the, the steps are open. If you need to come, renew your commitment to Christ. Maybe you're not ready for the end times. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you of something else. Maybe you just need to come and pray. And, and understand how strong Jesus is as He sings, you come and pray at the altar. Lord, guide and lead us. Father, help us to trust the words of Jesus, to believe in these red words and pray for the power. Lord, all of us probably are struggling 
with faith today. We're struggling with you being strong, Jesus. And Lord, we're not quite sure what tomorrow holds. And we hear these words of, of unrest. We hear these words of, of misery and heartache and heartbreak. And Lord, to hear that the world is going to get worse and worse and worse, Lord, it probably is, is, is it's, it's difficult to hear. And Lord, the only answer I think we can have is that Jesus is strong and almighty. Jesus, and You are who You made known to John on that island and that You are all-powerful. And, and Lord, You have all power in Your hands and You have the keys to hell and the keys to heaven and the keys to, to belief in Your hands, Lord. And Father, that we must draw close to You. And the answer to these end days is drawing close to You. Lord, help us. Forgive us, Father, of our sin. Father, for anyone that's here today that's outside of faith, I pray they'll believe in You today. They'll believe in You for salvation. They'll believe in You for the forgiveness of their sins that separates them from You. They, Father, that those who are condemned already because of their lack of faith, Lord, they will repent of their sin and they will turn to You in faith. And Lord, we're thankful that You are just and good and just. And you, if we confess our sins, You're faithful and You will forgive us of all of our sins. Lord, we know Your Word is true. We know You do what You say You're going to do. And Lord, it just might be someone today that needs to come and kneel at the altar. And Lord, just get right with You and, and just confess their sin and, and just accept You, Lord, in their life. Fathers, perhaps there's some today that just need to get right and get ready to face uncertain days. Lord, we are so set on being comfortable. We are so set in living the good life, Lord, that I am afraid, I am concerned, I am burdened, Lord, that if this is the end of these first birth pains, Lord, we're just not going to be ready to be faithful to the end. Help us, Lord, by Your Spirit for us to be faithful to the end. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray, through the blood of Jesus, Lord, You are so good. I pray through Your Spirit. May Your Spirit work in people's lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come and pray. Come and get right with the Lord. Come and just do business with God as, as the Lord is leading you to do. Will you come?